Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Pitts Evans. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. Let's get right to the Word of God. Genesis chapter 25. Abraham had taken another wife whose name was Keturah. She bore him Zimran, Jokshan, Medan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. Jokshan was the father of Sheba and Dedan. The descendants of Dedan were the Asherites, the Lecherites, and the Lemuites. The sons of Midian were Ephah, Ephir, Hanuk, Abidah, and Eldiah. All of these were descendants of Keturah. Abraham left everything he owned to Isaac. But while he was still living, he gave gifts to the sons of his concubines and sent them away from his son Isaac to the land of the east. Abraham lived 175 years. Then Abraham breathed his last and died at a good old age, an old man and full of years, and he was gathered to his people. His sons, Isaac and Ishmael, buried him in the cave of Machpelah near Mamre, in the field of Ephron, son of Zohar the Hittite, the field Abraham had bought from the Hittites. There Abraham was buried with his wife Sarah. After Abraham's death, God blessed his son Isaac, who then lived in Beer Lahai Roy. This is the account of the family line of Abraham's son Ishmael, who Sarah's slave Hagar the Egyptian bore to Abraham. These are the names of the sons of Ishmael, listed in the order of their birth, Nebaoth, the firstborn of Ishmael, Kedar, Adbil, Mibsam, Mishma, Duma, Massa, Hadad, Tema, Jetur, Nephish, and Kedema. These were the sons of Ishmael, and these are the names of the twelve tribal rulers according to their settlements and camps. Ishmael lived to be 137 years old. He breathed his last and died, and he was gathered to his people. His descendants settled in the area from Havilah to Shur, near the eastern border of Egypt as you go toward Asher. And they lived in hostility towards all of the tribes related to them. This is the account of the family line of Abraham's son Isaac. Abraham became the father of Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he remarried Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel the Aramean from Padan Aram, and sister of Laban the Aramean. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. The Lord answered his prayer, and his wife Rebekah became pregnant. The babies jostled each other within her, and she said, Why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord. The Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. The first to come out was red, and his whole body was like a hairy garment, so they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's heel, so he was named Jacob. Isaac was sixty years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. The boys grew up, and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents. Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once, when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. He said to Jacob, Quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. 
That is why he was called Edom. Jacob replied, First, sell me your birthright. Look, I'm about to die, Esau said. What good is that birthright to me? But Jacob said, Swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank, and then he got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. This chapter first gives us information on the descendants of Ishmael, and it mentions that Abraham married a woman named Keturah. There is evidence within the ancient Jewish writings to say that Keturah was actually Hagar, another name for Hagar. But we don't know that. Perhaps Keturah was an additional woman that Abraham married after the death of Sarah. Whatever the case, he married this Keturah. And then there were people born from Keturah. Midian was born from Keturah. The Midianites would become prominent in later Jewish interaction in the Middle East. If you recall, Moses' father-in-law was a Midianite. And so the descendants of Keturah would interact with the Jews later on after their captivity in Egypt. Abraham lived to be 175 years old, in verse 7, we're told, and that means he would have lived until after the birth of Jacob and Esau. He was buried in the cave of Machpelah. Abraham breathed his last. He died at a good old age, an old man full of years, and he was gathered to his people, and his sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah. And so Isaac and Ishmael came back together and buried their father. Then we have a a list of the generations of Ishmael, the descendants of Ishmael, and we move to Isaac in verse 20. Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah. So Abraham would have been approximately 140 years old when Isaac married Rebekah. Abraham lived to see that. And Rebekah was barren for some 20 years. The Bible records that she was unable to have children until the Lord intervened on behalf of Isaac and answered his prayers and made Rebekah able to have children. So after they'd been married for 20 years, she became fruitful and got pregnant with two children. In verse 22, we read, the babies jostled each other within her, and she said, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. Now, Jacob is going to be the younger. He's born immediately following Esau. So Esau is the older, Jacob is the younger. But his mother was given a prophetic word that the older would serve the younger. And so immediately, Rebekah had a word saying that Jacob was to be the one that received the blessing of his father, Isaac, as the firstborn. He was to be preferred by Yahweh over Esau. And so this prophetic leading that Rebekah had led her to do certain things in Jacob's future. We'll come to that in in other chapters. But in this chapter, there's an episode where Esau comes in from open country. He's hungry. He's been out in the woods. And he says to his brother Jacob, quick, give me something to eat. And Jacob um, is cooking red stew. And Edom says, give me that red stew. But Jacob says, first, sell me your birthright. Now, what is this birthright? This is the order of birth. The firstborn son receives double what all the other sons would receive. And so Esau's birthright was to be a double portion of what Jacob was entitled to. But in the case of Esau, it was more than that, 
because Abraham had been promised the promised land, he had been promised the descendants that would be blessed by God, and he had been promised that through your descendants, all nations on earth will be blessed. Essentially, the Messiah will come through your lineage. That was to convey to Isaac, and now it was about to convey to one of these two boys, Jacob and Esau, this promise of soil, seed, and a Savior, the promised land, the descendants, and the Savior, the Messiah. And so, in this case, Esau sold his birthright as the firstborn to Jacob for food. He swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. And so Jacob gave him this bread and this lentil stew. And it sounds like Jacob had done something horrible. But it goes on in verse 34 to say, Esau despised his birthright. In other words, this was meaningless to Esau. Now, the New Testament comments on this. In Hebrews chapter 12, and verse 16, we read, See that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. And so the New Testament refers to Esau as being godless. In other words, he knew what he was giving up. It was meaningless to him. He didn't have faith to believe the promise that fell to Isaac and was to fall to him. It was meaningless. It was a meaningless promise. It was a meaningless blessing from Almighty God. Therefore, he sold it to Jacob for food, and the Bible refers to him as being a godless man. Friends, we don't want to pass up on our inheritance in God. Whatever he's promised you, he will deliver. And so we want to pray into that now. Lord, we pray for the promises of Almighty God that have been given to us. First, the promise of salvation in Jesus Christ. Lord, you said if we believe in Jesus, we believe that he is the Son of God, we believe that he's died for our sins, and we confess that with our mouth, we shall be saved. We receive the free gift of salvation. Once again, Lord, we thank you for that inheritance in Christ. We also receive the promises that are contained in the Bible, both Old Covenant and New. Lord, those things are for us and for our descendants as long as time will continue. We take you at your word, Lord. We receive these things gladly, and we say amen in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.